how many of you, you, you learned too late that it was daylight savings today? You found out like on your way here, you thought you were coming to a different gathering. You're like, I guess we'll go to the 1130. Um, hopefully you had some caffeine. Thankful that you're here. Really quick, want to celebrate a couple of things before we jump into the message. And by the way, if I haven't met you, my name is Tyler. I'm thrilled that you've taken a part of your Sunday to be with us. Uh, you know, last night we had our annual Life Christian Academy auction. Life Christian is a ministry of Life Center, an incredible pre-K through 12th grade Christian school right here at our central campus. And we had such an incredible time. Great, great evening. And uh, just celebrating all that God did in and through that. But as well, this past Wednesday night, every Wednesday, uh, we do something around here called Build Night because we want to help build people who are strong in their faith with Jesus. And so Build Night on Wednesdays is all about deepening relationship with Jesus and others. And so this last Wednesday, we had such an incredible moment during our prayer time. There was six people who were baptized in water. And so can we just celebrate new life that's taking place all the time? And you know, usually we do water baptisms on Sunday, and we have that coming up the week after Easter. So if you have not yet been baptized in water, I uh, would encourage you either fill out that Connect card or swing by the Connect Center. We would love to help you take that step in your journey with Jesus. Well, today we're going to continue on in this series we've been in. We've spent the last number of weeks focused in on some of the I am statements that Jesus makes in John's gospel. And so if you have your Bibles, in a moment, we are going to go to John chapter 14. We are now in week six of this journey. And today, if you're taking notes, would encourage you to do so. Maybe you grabbed one of those John journals. You can follow along in here. Uh, but today, if you're taking notes, you can write this title down. I want to speak about the way of life. I want to talk about the way of life. How many of us recognize that each of us, we, we have a sense of direction? Now, some of us, we have a, a stronger sense of direction. How many people in the room, you know somebody who's a little bit directionally challenged? I know some people, I have some friends, I have some family members. They can't drive anywhere without GPS. Do you know anybody like this? I mean, even their common routes, they drive day after day. How many of you, you drive the same thing every single day, but you still open up GPS? Let me see. I know you're here today. I know you're here. Yeah, there's a handful of us. It's interesting. Some of us were, were strong with direction. Others of us, not so much. I've shared this. Uh, we, have, we have a new driver in our house, and a number of months ago, we were talking about how the city of Tacoma is laid out, and you can know which way you're going just by the street that you're on. It, if you are on a street with a number, that means you're either going east or west. You know, number streets go east and west in Tacoma, and if you're on a street with a name, it goes north and south. How many of you, that's brand new information right here about the city you live, aren't you glad you came to church today? Some of you, you've lived here your whole life, and you're like, Mind blown, right? Because if you were driving down 19th this morning like I was, and I was heading east, the sun was just coming up, and I knew the sun rises in the east and it sets in the 
you took way too long, friends. Come on. Rises in the east, it sets in the west, so that means in the afternoon, if I'm driving this way on 19th, I am heading west. And that, that's how it works. And that works really good as long as you're in a city that's laid out like a grid. And then you try to drive through Lakewood. Come on, how many of you have ever driven through Lakewood? And all of that reasoning goes right out the window. How many of you have ever driven through Gig Harbor? Doesn't make sense, right? Because the moment that you add water and hills and mountains and bridges, all of a sudden, all of that grid information goes right out the window. And you're like, where's my GPS? It's interesting. At times, we, we have a clear sense of direction. Other times, it's, it's a little bit muddy. But I want us to apply that a little bit deeper today. Because each of us, we carry with us a sense of direction in life. In other words, we, we all bring with us some assumptions or even some ideals about what we believe about the way we are going in life. See, last week we, we leaned into John chapter 11. Jesus is having a conversation with a lady named Martha, one of his dear friends who she had just lost her brother. Her brother had died. And Jesus, in the midst of this conversation, reminds her, Martha, listen, your brother is going to live. And she goes, yes, yes, Lord, at the end of time. And he says, no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, it wasn't just about the future. It's also about right now. And with that similar lens, here's what I want each and every one of us to understand today in this journey with Jesus. Jesus, he's not just the way to heaven, he is also the way of life. And that's important. Is Jesus the way to heaven? Absolutely. But so many people in this world, they leave it at just that. But what we're about to see today is Jesus offers us so much more than just something down the road that he himself actually is the way of life. See, here's what I've grown to understand. It's impossible for me to fully embrace Jesus without also embracing his way of life. Let me say that a different way. Does Jesus want to give you life? Yes, but he also wants to invite you into his way of life. And that's, that's a different dynamic for a lot of us because some of us, we, we just leave off after saying a prayer. We're like, okay, I'm good. I, I know eventually I get to go to heaven. And, and that's, accurately, that's accurate. Jesus is our access to heaven, but don't miss this. He is also the way of life right now today, in this moment. So would you look with me to, to the Gospel of John? We're going to go to chapter 14. If you have your John journal, I'm going to read from page 82. The words of Jesus, we, we know that these are Jesus' final hours with his disciples before he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be tried. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be crucified, and he will be buried. And it's almost like we get this glimpse as readers to look into this moment where God in the flesh is trying to deposit and remind and reveal his plan and his purpose for his disciples. What that means is these things apply to us today as well, because if you are a disciple of Jesus, guess what? These words ring true for you. Look with me, John chapter 14. 
Jesus says this, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. Lord, Thomas said. Who's, who's Thomas? Thomas is one of the disciples of Jesus. A lot of times Thomas gets a bad rap. In fact, many of us, we, we know him with a different name. We often call him, come on, if you know it, he, he's often known as what? Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas because after Jesus rises from the dead, Thomas says to the other disciples, listen, unless I touch the the holes in his hands from the nails, or I, I touch where his side was pierced by the spear, I will not believe. But can we be honest for a second? Thomas is just really good at asking questions. Thomas, in this setting, Jesus says, hey, you know where I'm going. And Thomas is the one who's bold enough to say, Lord, We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Oh, I love that question. Would you read that question out loud with me? How can we know the way? I wonder how many of us today were asking a similar question. I like the idea of Jesus. Tyler, I've come a few weeks now, and and man, I, I, I sense that, that God is wanting to do something, but, but how do I actually know the way? Thomas is wanting step-by-step directions. Thomas is looking for clear GPS instructions. Lord, tell us the way. And what Jesus is about to offer is something radically different. Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Lord, how can we know the way? Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets access to God except through me. Tyler, that sounds pretty closed-minded. Guess what? Take it up with Jesus, not with me. Because we're not reading the words of Tyler today. We're reading the words of Jesus. And Jesus, he does something here that that we can't just rush past. We need to lean into the significance and the weight of what Jesus is actually saying. He, He says, no one can get to the Father unless you go through me. He goes on, if you know me, you will also know my father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is dropping some serious revelation to his disciples. And and in the midst of this, he is sharing incredible detail with with them about what is about to take place. See, Jesus opens with these words, don't don't let your heart be troubled. Why why would their hearts be troubled? Well, Jesus is sharing with them 
the detail about the assignment that's in front of him. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. He's going to be buried. And how many know if your friend was telling you this, you would be a little bit troubled? But not only that, Jesus reminded them that some of them are going to fail him. All of them eventually are going to scatter. Jesus has just washed their feet, which would have been so weird and out of context for their rabbi to to get down and, and take the form of of humility and humiliation and wash their feet. And yet that's exactly what Jesus has just done. And yet don't miss this because Jesus in what he just said, some of us, we we grew up in church, maybe you know that verse, John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is clearly exclusive in his statement. Lean into that for a minute. Jesus is making an incredibly exclusive statement. The way, the truth, the life. Here's the challenge with being both clear and exclusive. It frustrates people. It frustrates people. Especially in the culture and the world that we live in. We live in a culture that elevates inclusiveness. And so what this does is there's a great irony here of our time because we we love to be as a broader culture. We love to be inclusive until somebody claims exclusiveness. I'll just change the word there. Come on, it's my third gathering. I got less sleep as well. We're we're all good until somebody says, nope, I'm the only person who has this. I'm the only way. I'm the only truth. I'm the only access to life. You see, this is a challenge, and, and here's what we need to know. Jesus did claim exclusiveness. And he does claim exclusiveness. And if we're being authentic today, for some of us, that's incredibly uncomfortable. Tyler, what do you mean Jesus is the only way? Tyler, that that sounds pretty arrogant. Sounds pretty self-righteous. But again, this isn't my words. It's the words of Jesus. And Jesus, either his words are accurate or they're not. Either his words will have authority in our lives or they won't. And we can't pick and Choose And here Jesus is, is kind of leaning in and reminding us, guess what? I'm the way, the truth, the life. See, this is problematic if we're actually going to take Jesus at his word and take his words to heart. Notice Jesus doesn't say, hey, there's a path, and I'm sure you're going to find it. Or Jesus says, hey, guess what? You know what? You probably have a path, and I just want you to succeed on your path. Jesus also does not say, you know what? All paths are eventually going to work their way up the mountain to the same location. Jesus says something that really flies in the face of especially our Western culture, where he says, there's one path. There's one way. And it's me. 
See, this, this is what's crazy about what Jesus is saying here. Understand, he, he doesn't just give some instruction about the path. He says that he is the path. A friend of mine, Pastor Ian Simpkins, recently said this, the way of Jesus isn't just about belief. Is it about belief? Absolutely. But it's also about our life. And this is where so many people get a little bit sideways in this journey with Jesus. Why? Because we think, well, well, Tyler, I, I believe in Jesus and it's all good because heaven is, is my promise and it's just about someday up there not realizing. No, if you believe in Jesus, it impacts today, right now. He's inviting you to experience life, absolutely, but he's also welcoming you into his way of life. See, Ian went on to say this, maybe one reason we don't see more transformation in our lives is because we see the gospel more as a ticket to a destination somewhere in the future than a kingdom and a way to walk in the here and now. What does Jesus offer you? He offers you life. But with that life comes an invitation to, to live and walk in his way as a citizen in his kingdom. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet for those of us who, much like Thomas today, we're, we're calling out to Jesus, how can I know the way? Jesus offers us some clarity. What is the clarity that he offers? Catch this. He offers himself. I am the way. I, I am the very thing that you're looking for. See, today, if, if we're gonna embrace Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, there's some good news because it provides some things for us. The first thing that it provides is this. There is a peace for you. Can you say peace? There's a peace. When, when you embrace Jesus for who he really is, guess what? There is a peace for you. Jesus looks at his friends and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Plural, talking, talking to all of them. Don't, don't let your hearts be troubled. The, the disciples, they were troubled. Why? Because Jesus has just told them some really challenging news. Well, Tyler, what was so challenging about what Jesus told them? He said that he was leaving them. How many of you know that's, that's a little bit disappointing? Hey, by the way, I'm gonna suffer and I'm gonna die. Troubling. Jesus goes on to say that one of you 12 is a traitor. How I many know if you're in a small group and your teacher looks and says, one of you 12 is a traitor? What's funny, the, the disciples, they begin to look at one another and go, Lord, is it me? It must be him, it must be him. It's gotta be that guy. So they're troubled by that. Not only that, Jesus looks at, at Peter. Who's Peter? Peter's kind of the loud mouth leader. Quick to say everything. And, and Jesus says, hey, Pete, guess what? In the next couple of hours, you're gonna deny even knowing me three different times. And with that as the backdrop, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> really? And much like 
the chaos and craziness that I know shows up at your front doorstep, just like it shows up at mine, Jesus looks at us and he says the same thing. Don't let your heart be troubled. Really? Can, can I ask you to consider just for a moment, what has you anxious and worried today? What did you walk through these doors with? What, what, what did you carry with you as you tuned in online? What has you anxious and worried? Because in the midst of whatever that might be for you, Jesus looks at you and he reminds you, don't let your heart be troubled. There's, there's a peace for you, but understand the peace that Jesus offers us. What is it? Jesus is our peace. He doesn't say, hey, if you follow me, circumstances are always gonna go your direction. If you, if you trust me, you're never going to hit a speed bump in life. Wouldn't that be nice? Some of us, we remember the day that we said yes to Jesus and we thought, man, everything's gonna get easier. And we got out to the, the, the car in the parking lot and our tire was flat and we're like, what? It's not supposed to be like this. Jesus' words, don't let your heart be troubled. Why? He is our peace. He is our peace. Understand this, circumstances and situations in life will fail you. It's true. But I've grown to know this, Jesus will never fail you. Doesn't mean he will do everything you want him to do. Because trust me, if you follow Jesus, you're gonna think at times, man, the past should go this way and he's gonna go, nope, we're going this way. There's gonna be moments like that, but even in the midst of the ups and the downs, there is a Peace, can you say peace? The second thing that shows up when we embrace Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life is this. It's a reminder that there is a place for you. Can you say place? There's a place. Jesus said this, in my Father's house there are many rooms and I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's, that's verse two. The word here, rooms, is it's a picture of a dwelling place with God. It's a place of residence to, to take up life. You're not just kind of checking in, checking out there. There's this dwelling place with God. The word picture is much like we read in John 15 about abiding with him. And Jesus is reminding us there's a place that I'm preparing for you. And yes, that means eternity with God forever. You see, someday when this life is over, there's, there's no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. We will spend eternity with God. That's good news. But Jesus here is not just talking about someday up there. He's also talking about right here, right now. There is a place for you. For those who missed last week, we talked about Jesus being the resurrection and the life. I made the point that the end is not the end. You see, this is the reminder right now that, that when we trust in Jesus, the end is not the end. And so that means there's a place for us. Jesus told his disciples, where I am, you will be also. So on a very real, very practical level, when you feel like you have no place in this world, understand you are home with Jesus. 
See, when, when you embrace Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life, even if it feels like you are all alone, for those of us who, who don't have any family, for those of us who feel like we've lost all of our friendships and we wonder, is there any place I can belong? The answer is yes, there's a place for you. Jesus is our home. He's our source. He's our comfort. In the future, absolutely, but also in the present tense, now. See, what this means is there's a place for you in his love. Do you know that his love is big enough for you? His love is for you before you ever walk through the doors of a church, by the way. He loves you. There's a place for you in his love. There's, there's a place for you at his table. Is anybody thankful that the table of God was big enough to give us a seat? But I want to remind us there's over 633,000 people in Pierce County who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. And here's the good news. There's still space at his table. Amen. That's why this matters. There's a place at his table. There's a place in his family. Don't miss this. Something supernatural happens when you put your trust in Jesus. You are grafted in, you become a part of the family of God. And so for those of us who feel like we have no place, we have no family, we have no friends, if you put your trust in Jesus, you are a part of the family of God. Somehow it is, it is deeper than DNA. The vision that Jesus gave us was this multi-ethnic community that would bring glory to God. This place of belonging. The good news is this. We have a place in eternity. In other words, someday when I draw my last breath, I don't just disappear into nothingness. Scripture teaches that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see, someday I will, though I die here, I will be alive forever with my Savior. His name is Jesus. But I don't just have to wait to be alive with Jesus then. I get to be alive with him now. Don't miss this. So many people, they, they miss the gift of life right now. Jesus, he, he has a peace for you. He has a place for you. But, but if we want those things, we have to understand that there is a path for you. There's a path. There's a path. I love the honesty of Thomas in this account. I'm so thankful Thomas' words show up. Because Jesus is like, hey, guys, you know where I'm going. And Thomas is like, how can we know the way? Anybody else, you have, you have a friend who they'll, they'll ask the question that nobody else is asking? That's Thomas. Lord, how can we know the way? And I love I love that Jesus is so clear and so kind and so direct with not only Thomas, but with us. See, I believe each and every person wants to be sure that the path they are on is the right one. The other day, we had some friends over to our house. We were holding a meeting and most of the people had shown up and we were waiting on one person, and this person is like an always-on-time person. Come on, how many of you, you have a friend who's always on time? How many of you, you are that friend? 
How many of you, you are never that friend? Come on, I know you're here. Yeah. Talking to the 1130, I know that's true. Some of you didn't even know we have like some worship songs at the beginning of this gathering. Like, oh. You'll get that on the drive home, but. The meeting started and, you know, five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by. Finally, 45 minutes after, after we were supposed to start, I, I sent a text to this person. And I was like, hey, everything okay? Are you still coming? You know, on those iPhones, you get like the little dot, 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 like they're typing. And all of a sudden, this angry face emoji shows up. And I'm like, and then the next line said, I've been driving in circles for 45 minutes trying to find your house. It's amazing what a few roundabouts and some faulty GPS will do to you. Come on, how many of you, you, you've trusted a little bit too much in GPS and it's failed you? Anybody else had a bad experience with GPS? I, I called my friend and I was like, where are you? And they responded, if I knew, I would already be at your house. <laughs> All right, simmer down. It's okay. So what did they do? They opened up another GPS app. Oh, come on, somebody. How many, you got multiple you got multiple. You, you're like, I don't trust the time on this. I'm going to check Waze because Waze will send me through that back neighborhood and I'll, I'll cut seven minutes off this thing. My friend opened up another GPS app and in three minutes they were at my house. They spent 45 minutes, three minutes away. Let, let me say that again. They spent 45 <laughs> minutes Three minutes away. Some of us, we've spent the last 45 years of our lives three minutes away. Some of us, we've spent the last 20 years, the last 12 months, three minutes away. And all we needed to do was open up the right app to give us some better directions. Listen, Jesus, Jesus invites us into life. Does he have eternal life for you? Absolutely. Is heaven a reality? Yes. But he wants you to experience life right now. But understand, there is a path for you. Lord, how can we know the way? It's interesting that Jesus doesn't give Thomas 10 steps. Anybody remember back in the day, before GPS on your phone, there was this thing on the internet called MapQuest? And you, here's where I want to go. And you printed out like 18 pages to get to somewhere. Jesus doesn't hand Thomas 18 pages. Some of us, we, we just want seven principles. Or, or some of us, if we're honest, what we want Jesus to do, Lord, would you just give me some coaching on how to be more effective on my path? There's a lot of people who want Jesus to bless 
their path, but Jesus will have none of it. Because Jesus says, your path is no path at all. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You see, this is important. Why? Because what we believe is seen in the path that we walk. You want to know what somebody believes? Just look at the path that they walk. It's evidence. It's evidence. That's why, yes, Jesus invites us to believe, but understand he also invites us into a way of life, a way of living. It's not just future. It is future, but it's not just future. It's right now. It's right now. It's today. And here's why I think this matters, especially right now. Anybody else feel like our world is, is a little bit divided at times? Anybody notice some, some polarization going on? Here's both my prayer and what I'm convinced of is going to happen in the season in front of us. As our world grows more divided, the way of Jesus will become more distinct and clear. Because Jesus won't be co-opted into this opinion or that opinion, this side or that side. Following Jesus will become something distinctly different. And people will wonder, how is it that you have peace in a time like this? Jesus is my peace. How is it that you, you feel at home right now? It seems like nobody's got a place or the place that they have is always getting, you know, verbally bombed out by other people. I have a place in Jesus. Why is it that you're so confident walking through life each and every day? I got a path. I got a path. Well, what's your path? Jesus. Jesus. Some of us, we, we've gone hiking. We live in the Northwest, by the way. I don't know if you, there's like trails everywhere. But different times, I've gone to a trailhead and, and I've heard about what's waiting for me on the hike, but something interesting happens. I, I'll pull into a parking lot. There's a trailhead. There's a start to a trail. You see the signs. You, you see the directions. But it's one thing to be aware of a path. It's another thing to walk the path. And to walk the path, it, it takes commitment. And, and the question is, well, Tyler, if Jesus is the path, how do I access the path? I have good news for you. All you do is respond to his invitation. Because today, listen, you're not, you're not responding to Tyler's invitation. You're responding to the invitation of Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Follow me. Be my disciple. Journey with me. Why? Because there's a peace that I have for you. There's a place that you will never lose, that this world cannot provide. There's, there's a path, and the path is not just principles. It's a person. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. We respond to his invitation. A number of years later in Scripture, we see the Apostle Paul share what the Holy Spirit was speaking to a church in a city called Rome. And li listen to what Paul says, because I, I think it's significant in this conversation as we bring this to a conclusion today. In Romans chapter 12, Paul, Paul says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. Can you say mercy? Mercy. Paul's saying, listen, in, in this journey... Keep 
the mercy of God in view. Here's why. How many of us, we love John 3.16, Jesus? Come on. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Some of us, we, we love, and I continue to love John 3.16 and verse 17. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. That, that's good news. We love that. And how many of you know that's authentically Jesus? That's Jesus. But that same Jesus also will say, if anybody wants to be my disciple, deny yourself. Wait, what? Take up your cross daily. What? And follow me. See, Paul here, as the Spirit is speaking through him, the Holy Spirit is actually speaking through Paul. Paul says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, a living dead thing. Why would we ever deny ourselves? Jesus, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense until you keep the mercy of God in view. See, in light of his mercy, in light of his grace, in light of his love, Lord, you're, you're that good that I'm willing to lay aside this, this illusion that sometimes I want to cling to. I'm willing to lay it aside in view of your mercy. I'm going to offer this life. Jesus, I, I want to receive your life, yes, but I also want to embrace your way of life. And can I tell you, friends, that at times, that includes denial, self-denial, setting aside our agenda, not just trying to get God to bless our path, but, but choosing to courageously and full of confidence and trust walking his path. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your what? True worship. It goes on to say, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed. That Greek word for transformed is where we get our word metamorphosis. It's literally this, this image, this picture of a caterpillar crawling up into a cocoon, but it does not stay in the same form. It comes out as something completely different. It comes out as a butterfly. It takes on a different form, being transformed. How? Through the renewing of our minds so that you may discern what is the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. What's gonna motivate you to walk this path? It's his mercy, his love, his goodness, his kindness. Keep that in view. And then watch what God does as, as he continues to order your steps and he provides you peace and he provides you that place when you recognize he ultimately is the path. So you have to remember this, the life we live will always be louder than any song we sing. True worship, true worship. And this matters because there's over 633,000 neighbors, friends, coworkers, family members that are disconnected from Jesus and his church. They, they need us to live these transformed lives. They need us to believe that there's a life right now, not just life someday out there. That's what Jesus provides. So I wanna remind you, without Jesus, we're lost. But to all who are lost, here's what Jesus cries out. I'm the way. We need to understand that 
Some of us today, we are gripped by the lies of sin. Sin will always deceive us. Sin will always enslave us. And yet to all who find themselves gripped by the lies of sin today, Jesus simply calls out, I'm the truth. For all those who maybe find themselves spiritually dead today, guess what Jesus says? I'm the life. I'm the life. Today, can I invite you to bow your heads with me all across this room? All morning long, in each of our gatherings, people have made the decision to accept Jesus' invitation to say yes to the path. And today, maybe you're ready for that. Maybe today is your day. If that's you, in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. Because I wanna remind you this relationship with God is not through our effort or through our earning. We access the path of Jesus by trusting and accepting his invitation to come to him to receive life in him. Today, maybe you feel like you're a million miles away from God. Can I tell you that simply trusting what Jesus has done for you, scripture reminds us that we're a new creation. Maybe you wanna know that your debt is paid, your sin is forgiven. It's not through what you can do, it's through what Jesus has already done for you. Today, if that's your desire, can I invite you to respond just with this simple expression? Would you just raise a hand and say, Tyler, that's me. Today, I wanna, I wanna fresh start with God. I wanna know that I'm forgiven. I wanna know that I, I'm a new creation. Yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. Yeah, let me put those hands down. Father, I thank you today for the truth and the authority of your word. Jesus, you make an incredibly exclusive claim that you are the way, the truth, the life. And if we're by faith willing to embrace it, it means that there is a peace for us, but not only a, a peace that's greater than any circumstance we encounter, there's, there's this anchor of hope where we understand there is a place for us. We belong in the family of God. Lord, I pray for friends today who are carrying anxieties or worries, or maybe there's some who, who feel an incredible sense of aloneness, like there's no place for them in this world. Jesus, thank you that your words to us today change all of that. But if we want to experience that, we have a decision to make, which is to trust you as the path. So I thank you for friends who raised a hand today. Life Center, can we come alongside of those who raised their hand? Can we pray this prayer out loud together across this room? Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?